You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad, and I tripped across a interesting museum in Ireland very recently. It's called the Museum of Childhood. And it struck me as rather unusual and strange that there would be such a thing, first of all. And then when I took it, the website, I noticed that they have an artist in residence and the history of children and childhood education. Children's literature makes sense. Children's rights, that's interesting also. But the whole concept of a, a museum of childhood. So I reached out and Magella McAllister is uh, here with me. Magella's um, very much involved with the museum. She's the one that when the phone rings or the email comes in, it arrives on Magella's desk and it's a volunteer organization. Magella, thanks for taking the time. And I'm intrigued. Well, look, first of all, thank you so much, Austin, for reaching out to me. Do you leave everybody and uh, 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 best wishes today on the day of Nolig Um And I, I'm, I'm just so I'm so delighted. I'm really passionate about this project. Um, and I'm I'm so I'm so delighted that you reached out and that you asked because the project for a Museum of Childhood in Ireland is is. It's not just about the people who live in Ireland or the people who live in Ireland now or the people who lived in Ireland in the past. It is anybody with Irish connections anywhere. So that's people in Canada, across America, across any any part of the world where Irish people have been or, you know, who who have any connection to Ireland. This museum is for you. So Museums of Childhood, um, let me see, where do I begin with this? Um, Our project began six years ago. Um, Why it began, um, sort of a long and torturous route, a couple of different strands came together. But um, everywhere that I went when my children were young, my children are grown up now, uh, Tad and Sam McAllister, they're in their late 20s. Um, But when they were young children, we sort of, we happened upon the Museum of Childhood in Edinburgh. That was the very first one we'd ever seen. And then really after that, uh, we began to look out for museums of childhood around the world. But I think when when we first went to the Museum of Childhood in Edinburgh, uh, our experience was that our eldest son um, fell fast asleep. He was just a small child in a buggy. And for my husband and I, the conversations that happened, the Museum of Childhood in Edinburgh is, is really a, a toy museum. Most museums of childhood are toy museums. But the amazing thing that happened to my husband and I when we visited the Museum of Childhood in Edinburgh, fantastic place to go, do go and visit it too. Um, we, st- my husband and I started to have conversations, um, conversations that may not have happened um, had had we not actually gone to visit the museum. And I, I mean that conversations that happened that deepened our relationship. And we found out an awful lot about each other just from being there and from chatting about things that were happening. And we found out an awful lot of things. Um, and it was at that particularly, so I suppose, tense stage of our relationship uh, with a young child who wasn't sleeping very well. And we were quite crotchety with each other. Um, and we sort of we came out of the out of the museum and kind of looked at each other and went, wow, that was that was amazing. We felt like we were back on track with each other again. And I said, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't, I God, I'd love to go to some more of these. And my husband said, God, wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a museum of childhood in Ireland? So that's kind of where the germ of the idea came from. Um, but 
I, I suppose, you know, as, as time went on and I did think about it, it was incubating in my mind for a very long time. Um, and I always hoped that somebody else would do it, but nobody ever did. So it kind of came eventually I just said look at nobody else is going to do it why don't I just see you know where I can go with this um in a very amateur sort of way and um and I'm really pleased that I did because I gathered together the most amazing amazing bunch of people uh, who are so generous and so great with their time but I suppose when I began to think a little bit more about the museum I'm sorry if I'm toing and froing with no, this no, a little that's bit it. go on go on I think that as as you know, the more I thought about the museum, the more the more we came to the conclusion that we didn't we didn't want to focus on toys. Toys are wonderful; they're really, really a great part of telling, of helping to tell stories. But what we really wanted were the stories of childhood, and we didn't just want the nostalgic, you know, the I suppose the picture postcard version of Ireland. We didn't want, you know, every child has got red hair and freckles um, and, you know, is barefoot and is smiling because weren't we always happy in the olden days? We didn't want that version. We wanted a very realistic version of Irish childhood. Um, we wanted all Irish children represented. Uh, we wanted children who come to Ireland in the past couple of years, children who um, whose parents perhaps weren't, weren't Irish and have come to Ireland. And we wanted we, we wanted to give a voice to all of that. We wanted to give a voice to traveller children. Um, we wanted that diversity. And, you know, modern Ireland is a wonderful place and it's fantastic. So we also didn't want to focus just on the past. We wanted to focus um, on the present too. So it's a Museum of Childhood Ireland and it's from prehistory all the way to the present day. And it focuses mainly on the stories of Irish children and sometimes the stories can be told through photographs sometimes they can be told through stories and sometimes they can be told through objects and um, that said we do have a huge collection too we do have I think about 30,000 objects of material culture of childhood um, and uh, yeah so that's kind of I'm sure I'm sure Austin you've got no, some no, and, and yeah but, so Based on what I'm hearing, and I'm, and I have the website up in front of me here. First of all, most museums have a physical presence. You know, yeah. you go into the little museum of Dublin there on Stevens Green, um, wonderful spot. And I went into a museum of rural life down in Kilrush, a most fascinating place as well. Yeah, um, oh, it's just wonderful. Yes. Yeah. And, or, or the and museum of literature on, on Stephen's Green is absolutely I have to get lovely. I have to get to that I have to get to that one yet. Um yeah. but you know there's so many of the wonderful museums. So from a physical location perspective, do you have such a thing? We didn't well, okay. So we, we have been offered lots of different buildings. Mainly we were being offered buildings in the middle of the countryside. Um and that was never where we saw the museum as being. We always wanted a town centre. We wanted it to be free. We wanted it to be readily accessible. And we wanted the museum to be used like a library is, so that you're going in and out very, very frequently, rather than something you go to once a year, you know, on a special occasion. That wasn't the the, the idea for it. So we spent a little bit of time, I suppose, working on the idea of the museum. Not a lot of people were very fond of the 360 degrees of childhood approach. Um, a lot of people would have much preferred if we had done something that celebrated, um, you know, the uniqueness of an Irish childhood. Um, and we were quite adamant that we would do it 
in the round. So that's the good, the bad, the ugly, um, and, and everything else in between. So sort of as, as we formulated that, um, we, we operated as a pop-up museum. Um, so we have we have fantastic friends in the People's Museum in Limerick, which is also a wonderful museum if anybody's down in Limerick. So they were very, very kind. They gave us storage and they also gave us display. And uh, uh, Bank of Ireland in Dunleary did the same, Bloomfield Shopping Centre. Lots of people came to our rescue with with, you know, temporary spaces that we could actually use. And we actually do have a location, finally, uh, for the museum. I cannot tell you where it is today because we're sort of in our in our negotiations and we don't want to spoil anything. But it's a it's a really wonderful city in Ireland. And the location is the building is just it's incredible. It's everything. It, it ticked every single box for us. It's right in a city. Um, I, I think one of the problems that we had with some of the buildings that were be, we were being offered were that they couldn't be made completely accessible. And mm. for us, accessibility to every single part of the museum, uh, whether that's for a visitor or whether that's for people working there, um, that was that was number one on on our list of priorities. Um, and this building gives us that, and it also gives us a garden, uh, which is really important. So. So now with the physical location, the other great thing about the modern world is we have virtual reality and we have the global in the, the net and we have magnificent ability to do uh, virtual exhibits. So I would imagine that all that's coming together as well for you. That, that's that's high on our list. I mean, you know, I, I, I love virtual reality. I actually went to see a, a, a fantastic um I had a fantastic VR experience um from an artist in uh, in Athlone, um, where you her 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 work was to do with refugees and um, mm-hmm. uh, the refugee experience, and in this virtual reality um, um, uh, artwork that she had created, you actually sat in a boat with refugees and um, making making sure. I, mean, I I still tear up because the mm. the the. The you know I, I VR as as a tool of empathy is is extremely powerful. You know mm-hmm. I was one of the refugees in the boat making the crossing, and um, so for us using virtual reality in the museum is 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 really important. And you can see as well you mentioned our wonderful artist, um, uh, Fian Gunn, um, who is Irish London. So diaspora obviously is is, is hugely important to us. Um, she does a lot of her work in virtual reality as well. You'll see some of it there on, on the museum's website, museumofchildhood.ie. Mm. And, uh, but yeah, so, uh, um, yeah, using virtual reality and having virtual exhibitions uh, at the museum is, is really important. Um, I, I also think as well for us to link with museums around the world um, and exhibitions around the world. So to invite people in and also t- to invite out you know, it, this is not a closed museum. Um, you can probably see by everything we've done so far, you know, collaborations are really important to us. Um, we have collaborated with um, with groups in Chicago and in uh, Nepal, actually in the museum in Kathmandu and in Italy. And um, we, we've been very lucky. You know, people have been very receptive um, and we won an award. Um, in 2020, we were shortlisted to the final six museums in the world. Um, uh, so that was, uh, we were listed alongside the Glucksmann in Cork, the Warhol Museum in New York, the Glazer, Gla- Glazer Museum in Montana, um, the 
Wright Museum in Amsterdam, and which is one of the best museums in the world, and the National Gallery of Singapore. Um, and this year we got uh, the county award from the Irish Heritage Council. So uh, we're, 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 we were very pleased with all of that. It's, it's, it's huge recognition for our voluntary and uh, voluntary and charitable uh, um, museum. So it's, so it's, it's going very well. It is. What I'm hearing there, Magella, is that um, the recognition of what you've done, first of all, is happening. And what you've done doesn't happen without money. So in order to make what you are trying to do better and to get to where you are at the moment, must have taken an awful lot of forgetting the human resource time, but just pure euros. How has that side of it been? It, that side has been okay. So that was that was a very very that was a very difficult one for us. Um, I think we sort of threw ourselves into into beginning the museum um, without a thought of uh, funding. Um, I, the only funding we had. Uh, we, we had a little bit of pressure in terms of what we would do at the very beginning. People were offering us money for to tell particular stories. M- may not have been the stories that we wanted to. Um, and we really shied away. So we stepped back from, from accepting any funding um, because we needed to tell historical truths rather than um, something that, that pe- you know, as a slant that somebody else mm-hmm. wanted. That, that wasn't where we were coming from an impartial, an impartial stance. Um, so what what we did was I opened uh, a second hand. I'm a school teacher. That's my real job. It's my my day to day job. Um, so we opened a second hand uh, goods and bookshop um, in our town. So we were paying commercial rates. We actually paid somebody a wage for it to be there. Um, but obviously for all of us, it's it's completely voluntary. And we actually managed to. Uh, fund the museum for five full years for the five years that we had that lease unfortunately the building was sold after that um, and also I was very tired so you know if I have to spend a lot of if I spend a lot of time on fundraising you know with with something like that it doesn't leave me a lot of time for the museum itself and uh, so we did that for five years and just you know you finish with a book you donate the book we sell the book and um, so I think that yeah the museum was was mostly funded on uh, one euro book sales. Uh, and again, we, we were very, very lucky with that. Uh, we got our first ever funding this year. This is year six. We had our first ever funding and that came, we got a small grant from the Heritage Council. So, uh, so looking to the future, obviously with the building coming on, on stream and everything else, um, I, I suppose, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to put it out there into the world. We are looking for, I suppose, we're looking for an angel. We're looking for somebody, you know, who will come on board and will help to fund us. People can, anybody can go onto our website. There's a, a donate button there. People are very, very generous. Um, but, you know, if somebody's out there and they would like, they would like a legacy, we would be very happy to talk to them. Um, indeed. You know, I, there's a few things there that are fascinating as a former um, owner of a bookstore um, in, before I emigrated. Uh, I, I know that side of stuff. Um, and I had a used bookstore in Athlone at, uh, and I used to go up to the book fairs in, Ath- in the mansion house. Um, I think so. I I think I was, I was in, my, my uncle lives in Athlone. I think, I think I was in your bookshop. Now we're going back. 
<laughs> okay, okay. Let's do that. We'll talk about that after. But, um, but anyway, yes. So uh, I know it's a long haul to get from where you started to where you are today. And I must congratulate you on, on everything you've done. Um, you, you mentioned much. there that if anybody was is interested in getting any more information, any of that kind of stuff, uh, the website is museumofchildhood.ie and um, you'll find all the information there. You mentioned that you were very interested and you really wanted this to be a 365 degree approach. Yeah. Did you come up against resistance? Yes, at the very beginning. Um, there were lots of people who didn't want to 360 degrees of Irish childhood or any childhood anywhere. You know, that's Canada, that's America, that's New Zealand, that's that's wherever you are in the world. Um, you know, but for us, it's really important if you are telling if if if, if this is a history project, it has to include all aspects of childhood. And yeah. um, so that includes. Uh, 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 mother and baby homes. It, it includes orphanages. It can, it includes death of children. It includes medical, um, as well as all of the good stuff, the fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, for every child that's having fun, there's another child not having fun somewhere. Agreed. Um, Agreed. So the idea is that this this will represent all of our childhoods, and um, you know, yeah. That's so where... if you're looking at down the road, when do you hope, and I'm not going to ask you what city, because I know you're saying okay. things are still under negotiation. When do you hope that you may be able to have the doors open? And again, allowing that we're all in the same situation with COVID and everything else, but hoping that we can get to a point where we're able to go back indoors and visit museums and stuff like that, all things being equal. What kind of time frame do you need to kind of get your act together, I suppose, would be the way to put it. I, I suppose. So, you know, if 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 we can draw what were the negotiations we have to a conclusion um, sometime at the end of this month and mm-hmm. I will give you all an update. Uh, maybe I'll come back to you and give you an update on that. And um, I think it's probably we're talking about restoration of the building. A really fabulous um, uh, building would probably take about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I would think that fit out after that won't take too much long. So we're we're talking about two years time, right. time frame. Two years, right. but, which but is probably, and that's a good time frame because hopefully in two years from now as well that we are all back at a point where it's possible to go indoors, and that you're able to build a programming campaign to get the word out there and to become part of the visitor experience into Ireland as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I think time, time frame is, is probably okay, but that won't stop us. Meanwhile, uh, you know, we have utilized everything, you know, railings, um, on parks. We had the most, I mean, right in the middle of the pandemic, we had the most gorgeous, um, exhibition in, uh, Killarney National Park. We right. did it outdoor. We planted, we planted flower beds with an exhibition. Um, and, you know, so we we will keep utilizing space. As I say, right. we've got a, a lot right. of friends, and we're 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 very pleased. I, I'm, you know, I suppose in Ireland we have finally written women back into Irish history, and that's mm-hmm. really important. It it adds, you know, the the gaps, the missing gaps in Irish history are are slowly but surely being filled, and the history of childhood is a, it's it's a you know in in academia it's a fairly new uh, discipline, and um, you know certainly over the last 20 years. Um, so writing Irish children back into Irish history 
um, and the children of the diaspora, you know, Irishness as it as as it manifests in England or America or Canada or wherever it is in the world, is really important. Um, and I think our you know our mantra is seen and heard, um, and that's what we want to do with um, childhood in Ireland. Magella, we're going to wrap up. And again, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, museumofchildhood.ie and info at that web domain is where you'll get Magella. And she's out there also on Twitter, Facebook, all the good social media spots. And well worth visiting the website. And thank you for taking the time and sharing the story. And it's been a real pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much, uh, Austin. It's it's uh, my pleasure to talk to you. You made that very. I was a little nervous, but you made it very easy. Uh, Gurav mila mahagud. Gurav mila mahagud, sir.